change your perception of what you're looking at and everything changes. Hey, my name is Georgio Janis and this is the How To Do Life podcast. If you've ever felt that no matter what you try, something is missing, then you're in the right place. My aim with this podcast is to begin filling in those blanks for you. So open your mind and get ready because I'm about to show you an entirely different way to look at your life. And once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. So let's get started. All right, welcome to another episode. This one's going to be juicy for my entrepreneurs and my business people, but also my high achievers. And the reason I say that is because I want to tackle the topic of dealing with failure. This is something that is a very popular topic, but I think it's something that when it's spoken about by a lot of people that have experience and they might be gurus or thought leaders and so on, I kind of feel like they sort of get to the core of or just close to the core of failure, but they don't really get right down to the bottom of what's going on and how to change your perception of it. You know, we usually hear things like fail fast in the entrepreneurial or business space. And that usually just means with failure comes lessons. So increase the speed between you and making a failure so you learn faster. And the more you fail, the more you learn. And the more you learn, the more likely you are to get closer to succeeding. Now, there's truth in there, but I don't think that that's necessarily practical for a lot of people, especially from a mindset standpoint. So I want to make sure that I'm getting or giving you at least something that's useful from a psychological and mindset standpoint when it relates to failure and maybe even give you something around success too, because most people don't know how to wrap their heads around failure and success in a grounded way. So let's see if we can get into this. I want to make sure that I deliver a ton of value in this episode. So make sure you stay tuned all the way through to the end because it's going to be a juicy topic. Interestingly for me, dealing with failure turned out to be one of the most unexpected things that I thought I'd be dealing with in my career, which I know might sound a little ignorant or naive on the surface of it, but getting into mindset coaching, I didn't think that failure was going to be a huge topic for me. I thought I'd honestly be helping people just work towards goals that they wanted to be working towards, maybe help them get over some anxieties and start building a sense of self-worth. What I didn't realize was how much failure was actually weighing people down. And it was predominantly failure in the past. Now, if you've gone through my episode on anxiety and fear, what I talk a lot about is how the past is influencing the present and the future for you, at least as far as your psychology and your mindset goes. And whenever we experience or whenever we expect to experience some kind of pain or some kind of challenge or difficulty moving forward, that's based on some past experience we've had where we perceived there was pain. Now, if you associate pain with failure, then anytime you think about going and doing something and there's the possibility of failing with that experience, then you're going to have a hard time proceeding and actually taking action on it because there will be this fear holding you back thinking, well, what happens if that past experience repeats itself here? And so when I started seeing that showing up in sessions with clients, I thought, okay, this, I wonder if this is going to be a big topic for me. And it turned out it has been over the years. I deal with a lot of people's failures regularly. And if it's not past failures, I'm dealing with stuff in real time. Sometimes I'll have somebody reach out to me and say, I'm dealing with this thing that's not working right now. 
And it might be a relationship, it might be a business strategy that they're using or an entire business that's just not working and failing and things aren't working out the way they wanted them to. And I end up having to work through those things with people to help them overcome the challenges. Because it's rarely the failure that's the actual issue. It's our perception of it. That's what makes failure so difficult. And the reason that failure is such a hot topic is not necessarily because that failure is genuinely a hot topic, but because of the meaning that we apply to the word failure. It ultimately comes down to what it means to you. See, for me, failure is a lesson, and it's a gift and it's an opportunity. Yes, sometimes it feels like it can be a bit of a kick in the nuts, right? Or for my female audience members, a kick in the emotional nuts, if you like. But it's this thing that we associate so much meaning and so much negativity and pain with that just uttering the word can start to stir all kinds of emotions. But it's just a perception. It's not actually real. If we start to change the label of it being a failure to being a lesson or being a gift, and you start to convince yourself that this is genuinely a gift for me, you can't fear it. No one ever fears receiving a gift. Like you think about your birthday or Christmas for those of you that celebrate Christmas. When it comes to receiving gifts, no one's like, ooh, I don't want a gift, right? As silly as that sounds, that's kind of what's happening. Failure is a gift. But as soon as you apply the label of failure to something, you're immediately suffocating any opportunity for your ability to see it as a gift. So let go of the label would be the first step. Because when you change your perception of something from being a failure to being a gift, you struggle to apply the label of failure back to it. Even when you try to and you think about it, you know, it was a situation that that didn't work out, but you still see the gift in the experience, you will struggle to call it a failure. Other people might try to. Like, wow, you really failed at that. I'm like, well, I don't really see it that way. I didn't see it as a failure. I learned a lot. In fact, I learned more from that than I did from my successes. So to me, that's the ultimate gift. Now, here's where things get interesting. When you look up the origin of the word failure, it actually means non-occurrence or a cessation in supply or cessation of supply, meaning that supply has stopped. What's interesting to me is the non-occurrence definition in the origin of it. Non-occurrence means something that you expected to happen didn't happen. Now, it's interesting that we label that as a failure because typically, well, not even typically, 100% of the time, the reason you label something as a failure of not having worked is not because what you were trying to create didn't actually work, but because you were measuring it against an expectation that you were carrying. And if you alter that expectation, suddenly it's not a failure. So for example, the best example or analogy I can use when it comes to that is high jump, right? So if you think about the sport of high jump, maybe some of you have actually got experience in high jump, maybe during your schooling years, or maybe even a professional high jump uh, pole vaulter or something. Now, let's say for whatever reason, the height that you know you can jump, the maximum height you can jump is eight meters high, right? Which would be just over 26 feet high for my imperial audience, you're able to jump at this eight meter mark. You know you can jump that mark. The high jump bar is actually at nine meters, right? Which is now another, that's probably about 29 feet, right? So you can jump at that height, eight meters, but then you've got this bar that's set at nine meters. And every time you go to make the jump, you keep falling under the bar. Now think about what happens to you in a dialogue. 
you start beating yourself up, you start judging yourself, you start feeling really bad, and then you start saying things to yourself like, I'm a failure or I'm failing at this. Now, if I take that high jumper and drop it down to seven meters, right, which would be 22 feet. So we drop it down to 22 feet or seven meters and you go to make the jump and then suddenly you clear the bar. You stop feeling like a failure. And if you keep jumping at seven meters and you keep making it over, suddenly you stop feeling like a failure. Now, I haven't actually changed how high you're actually jumping. You're still jumping at eight meters, but what we're measuring you against where we've got the high jump bar is what we've changed. We've gone from it being outside of what's realistic for you and dropped it down to what is within the realm of being realistic for you. And suddenly you start feeling better about yourself and you start feeling like you're succeeding. I haven't actually changed your ability. In either of those settings, it's exactly the same. But all I've changed is what you're measuring yourself against or what your expectations are. And then your inner dialogue changes and you start seeing yourself as more of a success or less of a failure. And to bring it back to the definition, the origin of the word failure, it's a non-occurrence. Whenever you're jumping and you're not making it over the bar, what has not occurred is that you're not getting over the bar. And so you start to feel like you're failing or you're dropping the ball or missing the mark, which is a really interesting definition or phrase because that's the original definition of sin. It comes from archery. And if you miss the mark or if you miss the bullseye, you have sinned. It's just a missing of the mark. And so you have this expectation of landing somewhere within the bullseye or somewhere within the uh, board for the archer or somewhere over that bar for the high jump jumper, if that's the right word. And if you're missing it, you start to beat yourself up and start feeling like a failure. It's just a matter of perception and what you're measuring yourself against. So here's where things get really interesting. One of the things that I get people to do when they're struggling with failure is I ask them the question, what did you expect? Now, your disappointment or the feelings or the emotions that come along with failing are a gift to you. They're trying to help you realize that you had an expectation in the first place. And sometimes those expectations are unconscious. And so we want to make sure that whatever those expectations happen to be, that we get clear on what that is. Because the moment you develop clarity around what the expectation was, it suddenly starts to take the pressure off and it brings more clarity into your world. So if you're feeling disappointed, if you're beating yourself up, if you're feeling down or you're feeling like you want to give up or even feeling like a failure, the best thing to ask yourself is what did you expect? Now, this is true for relationships that haven't worked out. This is true for jobs that you didn't get that you applied for, this is true for business ventures that didn't work out, product or service launches, financial goals that you missed, even for fertility journeys, which is something that my wife and I experienced. You want to be asking yourself, what was I expecting when you're feeling like things are failing? Because sometimes you don't even realize what your own expectations are. And so by doing so, you start to awaken the unconscious aspect of what you're wrestling with, and you're bringing it out of your blind spot, out of your mindset blind spot and bringing it front and center to actually inspect and look at and confront. That's going to give you a greater sense of clarity above anything else. So that would be the first thing that you do. The next thing I would get you to do is ask yourself, were you not willing to adjust or change your expectation when things weren't working? So it's interesting, especially for the high achievers in the world, one of the things I wrestle with the most is that when things don't work out, 
they have a tendency to lean in with greater intensity and push through with almost like a brute force. And why that's a challenge is because what you'd be doing in those circumstances is still not reflecting on what the expectation was. And so you start pushing and leaning in harder and trying to make it something that it's supposed to be rather than pausing, taking a step back and asking yourself, what did I expect here? Because unless you're doing that, you're not going to have the clarity that you're looking for. And so the temptation can be, let's just lean harder into this experience. Let's push harder. But that can create an equal amount of challenge because you're pushing harder against something that's not supposed to happen. You think about the person running to jump the nine meters, but they can only ever make eight. Pushing harder isn't necessarily going to get them over to nine. They might need to take a step back and reassess. I thought I could get over nine meters without changing my approach, without training more, without working with a specialist who's able to get me over my limitations. And so you want to be able to reflect and go, well, what was my expectation? My expectation was I'd be able to jump nine meters without changing anything about my approach. But in reality, you might need to. It may be valuable for you to go and reassess and bring in some other people that can help you get there. And then suddenly what you're doing is that expectation might start to become more realistic because you're willing to do things to help support the expectation. But in a lot of cases, people are just carrying the expectation and not doing anything to support the achievement of it. And then when it doesn't work out, they get really frustrated. They're not willing to be flexible with the expectation and work with life and the way it's unfolding. And they just try to lean in harder and push harder on it. So you want to ask yourself, am I being... Am I willing to be adaptable with my expectations? Am I willing to change and work with the flow of life? Or am I just going to insist on my way being the way things are supposed to work out, even if it creates my suffering? Because here's the thing. One of the greatest sources of human suffering is having expectations that do not match reality or the way life actually works, which I believe, and this is completely anecdotal, it's not based on any data, but I believe that a lot of first world society's challenges when it comes to this depression pandemic, not the COVID pandemic, but just the pandemic of depression that's being experienced everywhere, is reality and expectations not meeting. So people are carrying all these expectations about how things are supposed to go by whatever metric they're using, and life is going in a very different direction. And because of this gap, this canyon between these two places, people are experiencing a suffering, which is leading to a sense of depression and despair. It's like, okay, well, what if you change your expectations? Because you can't control life, but you can control your expectations. Adjust those, and suddenly life doesn't feel so much like a failure. It doesn't feel so shitty, and you don't feel so down and out about it. In fact, you start to see the opportunities, and we're not actually changing anything about life. We're just changing your expectation, and that starts to unlock this whole perspective, and it's almost like putting x-ray goggles on for opportunities, and you start spotting opportunities everywhere in all areas of life. So it doesn't come down to what's happening in life. It comes down to your perception of it. And your perception of it is typically driven or influenced by your expectations. So we want to make sure that you are spending time reflecting on what the expectation was whenever these emotions are showing up, because the purpose of these emotions are assisting you in becoming consciously aware of these unconscious expectations. Now, something else that is super valuable when it comes to dealing with failure is redefining what success means to you and loosening your definition of it, if you like. Because more often than not, success is very specific to people. By 30, I will have this. By this year in the business, we will have this. 
or by by the third quarter in the business, we will have this outcome. Now, they're helpful as goals, and I speak about goal setting in one of my other episodes. And you, it's valuable to have goals to work towards, but if you're attached to the outcome and you're fixated on that and you're not willing to be loose with the definition of what achieving that means, then you're guaranteed to experience failure, especially if you don't reach there. Like if you, if you don't get to the destination that you're trying to work towards, I promise all of the emotions that come with failure will overwhelm you. In fact, they'll, it'll kind of feel like it's hitting you like a shovel or a spade. And that doesn't feel great for anyone because that usually knocks them out for a while, emotionally speaking. Hey, really quickly, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. And I want to ask a really quick favor of you. If you're getting value from this, please make sure you spend 20 seconds jumping into Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening to this, and make sure that you leave a review. These reviews and ratings, they help prop the podcast up, get it in front of more people, and gives other people that are looking for a podcast like this reassurance that they're in the right place. It would mean the world to me. It helps me get the message out to more people, and you're likely to actually have an impact on someone else's life by spending 20 seconds. So please do that if you're getting value from it, and uh, we'll get back into the episode. All right, let's get back to it. So redefine what success means to you. And I would encourage you to also focus more time and energy on the journey rather than the destination. Because by focusing on the journey, it becomes more fulfilling from a, if you think about training at the gym, for example, it becomes more fulfilling to do the workout than what it means to have the outcome of the workout. And so you're orienting your thinking towards creating that reality for yourself, which will make the entire journey of life beyond the next several months or years, but the entirety of your life will become significantly more fulfilling because you're focusing on the journey that you're experiencing along the way rather than arriving at all these different checkpoints of success. It's not worth it. And it's crushing, quite honestly. Now, to give you a personal example, failure early in my career was something that I wrestled with quite a bit and it weighed me down quite a bit. The guidance I had around me wasn't necessarily useful in terms of dealing with the feelings of failure. It almost felt like empty calories in terms of the guidance that I was being given. It, it didn't. It was lacking substance in actually shifting the feeling of failure. And it wasn't until I dug into my own feelings and what was going on and doing a accurate and thorough analysis of how I was feeling and what was going on that I was able to let go of the failure. So here's what happened. As I got into the coaching space, I was influenced by a few different people in terms of how to coach, how to build a coaching business, how to find people to serve, to help, and create a client base and generate revenue in the business. Now, all the people that I was looking at that were doing it, I looked up to for different reasons. And so I tried to take something from all of them that I could use and then turn into a successful business. What ended up happening in reality was I got a handful of clients to work with and I got some decent results, but then it would just kind of die out. They would stop working with me. And in fact, some just went cold on me and didn't even respond to calls or messages or anything. It was really strange. But the whole time we were working together, they were getting value according to what they were telling me, the feedback they were giving me. So it was kind of interesting and things weren't working out. They just kind of 
died out and fizzled out and it was really disheartening for me because I thought I was doing all the th- all the right things. But when I stopped and reflected on it, I realized I was doing everything the others were telling me to do and I wasn't getting clear on what I wanted to do and how I wanted to build my business and show up in the marketplace. And so I thought, well, maybe I'm doing what they're teaching me the wrong way. Maybe I just need to refresh myself on it. So I'd go back over the content or over the teachings or go back to these people and try and work out what was missing and then lean further into the way that they were doing things. And the more I leaned into the way they were doing things, the more failure I saw. And I thought, shit, maybe I'm not cut out for coaching. Like maybe maybe there's something wrong with me. Now, the answer to that question was partially, yes, there is something wrong with you. The thing that was wrong with me was that I was trying to be someone I'm not. I was trying to be like all these other people and do and create whatever they created because I figured if I read, if I just recreated what they created, then I'd see the same success in my own practice. In actuality, what ended up happening was the complete opposite. So I took several steps back and I went, okay, if I had no guidance on how to build a business, a coaching business specifically, and if I had nobody holding my hand saying, this is what you need to do to get clients, to find people to work with and, you know, make a significant change in their life and be fairly paid for it, what would I do? And I sort of mapped that out. I kid you not, it was just on a page. And I just kind of scribbled it all out. And I thought, this looks really simple to me. The thing that makes the most sense to me is if I just get out there and help people. And then the more people I help, eventually those people are going to talk to others who are struggling and say, you need to speak to this Giorgio guy because he helped me with this. That's it. Now, I started doing that. And lo and behold, within the space of a few months now, it took some time. It was an instant because it's a slow growth strategy, if you like. But what ended up happening was people did start talking. Someone would share something with me at a social event about how they're wrestling with anxiety. And I'd just give them some insight on anxiety. And they'd be like, wow, I never thought about it that way. I'm like, yeah, do what you want with that. That'll help. And it ended up helping them. And then they'd end up speaking to somebody and they're like, this Giorgio guy gave me this tip about anxiety. Maybe you should reach out to him and see if he can help you more directly. I'd get a message saying, hey, I've got a friend of mine who's wrestling with anxiety. I can't quite deliver what you said to me, to them effectively. Do you think you might be able to help them? I'm like, sure. I'd have a conversation with them and I'd say, listen, it sounds like you could use a little bit of ongoing work to dig into some of these other elements that are affecting you. What do you say? And they're like, you know what? Yeah, that would be valuable. And then I started enrolling people in coaching with me. Now, that to me was a more natural approach. That was me being me or being the fish, which you've heard me talk about in a previous episode. If you haven't, go check out that episode. And so I realized that the more I tried to be others, like others, and replicate everything that they were doing, I was being inauthentic and I was experiencing failure. I was supposed to experience that failure. And when I realized that, when I put that together, when I realized that when I was doing what the others were telling me to do, I failed when I did things the way that made sense for me and my natural approach to serving people, that worked really well for me, right? That's proven literally to build me a seven-figure business, over seven figures, right? So I'm like, okay, that's a no-brainer. Like there's no question in my mind that I can do that. That makes sense to me. And so I just leaned into that strategy. And when I realized that the gift of the failure was that it was trying to get me back to being authentic and being the fish, I stopped seeing it as a failure. I saw it as a gift. I'm like, that's amazing. Because if that had worked out the way I thought it was going to work out, I'd be serving people very differently. I'd be showing up for people very differently and I wouldn't be authentic. 
So the gift of the experience was that it was helping me come back to myself and go, who do I want to be? How do I want to show up for people? And how would I like to build a business? And that's proven to do well so far. Granted, I don't have all the answers to everything, but it certainly created a lot of propulsion in terms of my career and building my business. And so I can't look back at that and say, I'm a failure or I failed in a negative tone. I can say that didn't work, but that's the gift of that. That's what I deeply appreciate. And so it's hard for me to label it as this negative experience of being a failure or anything like that, or even looking at the way things are working for me now and labeling those or this as a success. This is just what's been working and creating the result that I was working towards. Is that successful? Maybe. It's not really the label I use. I just see that things are working in this particular direction. That's it. It may stop working at some point, and then it's going to require me to adjust course. And that's when I start to change my expectations and change my approach. So it happens to the best of us. I've dealt with many failures in my lifetime. And for those of you that are listening to the audio version of this podcast, every time I'm saying failure or success, I'm doing like air quotes, right? So you can't see it, but that's what I'm doing. And so for me, it's a matter of perspective. You're standing in one corner of the room and the room looks a certain way. But then if you move into another corner of the room, you suddenly see a very different room. And that's what's important to do when it comes to failure and success. We get stuck in these labels of duality of this is negative, this is positive. I want to chase the positive and I want to avoid the negative. That's futile. It's exhausting and I haven't seen anybody experience a fulfilling life by living that way, running away from pain and chasing pleasure. So start embracing the pain, start embracing the feedback of failure, start looking for the gift that might be in that experience. I promise you, the more you do that, the more you orient your thinking towards looking for the gift in the failure, you'll stop labeling it that way. And you'll find yourself changing other people's words when they're saying, ah, what was it like with that failure? Or, you know, did you feel like that was a failure? Like, Nope. You might see it that way, but I certainly don't. For me, all of this was just a profound gift. And that's when you're unlocking the riches of life. So I'll finish with this really quick analogy that I think might help. I find myself sharing this analogy with a lot of clients, and I think it's really profound when it comes to many areas of life. Now, when you're dealing with setbacks and failures, it can feel like life has come with a big dump truck of rubble and dumped it on your front door. And so you're opening the front door to leave the home, to go out and live and go and do your day. And you're like, what the hell is this? How am I, like, what am I supposed to do with this? This is rubble. This is rubbish. Like, get this out of here, right? That's how most people respond to things that they don't like that's happening, that life is kind of dumping them with all this crap that they've got to deal with. Now, me, my preference is to look beyond the surface of the rubble. The first thing that I would want to do is go and grab a pickaxe and maybe a hammer and start chipping away at this rubble to see what might be inside. And so for you, what's common is that if you spend the time with the pickaxe cracking open the rubble, you'll find that every piece of rubble has a golden nugget inside. But you've got to spend the time digging deep into it to find the gift, to find the golden nugget. And so you suddenly go from looking at all this rubble as this waste of time and a total pain in the butt. But if you spend the time cracking it open, you'll realize that you have just been dumped and gifted with all these riches, literally enriching you and enriching your life. But if you look at the surface of it, the temptation is to go, this is a waste, go and get rid of it. It's a dump and push it over to the side or get out of my way because I'm very focused on whatever it is I'm working towards. 
And I'm like, if life dumps rubble or failure or challenges or adversity on your doorstep, the wisest thing you can do is start sitting down with it, cracking it open and seeing what's inside. Because I promise you, it's not a coincidence. There's a gift in that experience. All things have the opportunity to provide a gift to us, but we've got to spend the time cracking open and digging beneath the surface to see what's there. So my preference is that you, with this analogy in mind, look at your failures and look for the gift. Because I assure you there's a gift in there. It just takes persistent thinking and focusing on the various ways that you can start to extract the value from the experience. And before you know it, you won't be labeling it as a failure. You'll be labeling it as a gift, as an opportunity, and as something that's enriching your life. So I hope this comes timely for you. I hope this episode has actually helped you significantly. And if at any point in your journey you re-experience failure, please come back to this episode, listen to this over and over and over again if you have to, until you start seeing the gift in the failure. I promise this one episode, I know how big this claim is about to sound, could change your life. You might actually find opportunities that other people are overlooking because you're willing to embrace the failure and stop labeling it that way too. Anyway, I hope this episode has been valuable to you. Thank you for being here. Thanks for listening. Thank you for watching. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Bye.